Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to episode number 225 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And to kick things off this week, I would like to thank some of our newest Patreon subscribers. I would like to thank Janice Martin, Sarah Urbanski, and Theresa Kutz. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Patreon. I love you and appreciate you every single day. And our film review this week, our film review is The Invitation. The Invitation was released in 2015. It has 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb and 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Will and Eden were once a loving couple. After a tragedy took their son, Eden disappeared. Two years later, out of the blue, she returns with a new husband. And as a different person. Eerily changed and eager to reunite with her ex and those she left behind. Over the course of a dinner party in the house that was once his, the haunted will is gripped by mounting evidence that Eden and her new friends have a mysterious and terrifying agenda. But can we trust Will's hold on reality? Or will he be the unwitting catalyst of the doom that he senses? This film was great, okay? It was great. From the off, I'm just going to tell you, It's a very good film. So Sinead from The Poisoner's Cabinet has recommended this film to me for a really long time. She keeps recommending it and I was like, yeah, I'll add it to the list. And then I eventually finally got around to watching it. And I actually texted her partway through and I said, thank you for this recommendation because this is a brilliant film. This film, I think, is going to be kind of difficult to talk about without giving away too much of the plot because it really is a very simple film. It is a group of friends at a dinner party who haven't seen each other in a while. And two of the friends, Will and Eden, used to be a couple. They are now not a couple and their son died really tragically. Eden has remarried this new man and Will is there with his new girlfriend and they're trying to navigate this grief that they are experiencing. And I felt like it was such a good look at how a group of friends manage this catastrophic loss. And how grief seriously impacts people and how it impacts people in different ways. So you can kind of see how all of the different friends managed Will and Eden after the death of their son. And how they managed it within themselves through these little snippets of conversations that we have. So there isn't really any huge exposition in the story. And the exposition that we do get is told through Will's flashbacks which seem to be like PTSD related but also through their conversations about how they're managing grief now. Like, for example, Will is wildly paranoid and angry. And as the film progresses, you can completely understand why. Whereas Eden seems to have gone the other way. She went to Mexico 
And she seems to have adopted a more spiritual way of managing her grief. And everything seems normal. But there's just these little weird things that happen that set you on edge as the viewer. And you don't know whether you're on edge because you should be on edge or whether you are seeing things from Will's perspective and therefore you are now on edge because he is. So there's one bit where one of the characters locks the doors and Will immediately is like, why are you locking the doors? What if somebody needs to get out? What if there's a fire? And because he makes it a big deal, you're suddenly like, is this a big deal? Why is that character locking the doors? Or is this just Will being paranoid? And I thought it raised really interesting questions about how much bad behaviour or how much erratic behaviour will you accept and will you justify if your friend has been through something really difficult? And should that bad behaviour or strange or erratic behaviour be allowed because they've been through something difficult? Where is the line? Where should the line be drawn? And 99.9% of the film takes place in this house and this garden in LA and that's all that you really see except for when Will and his girlfriend Kira are driving to the house in the beginning of the film. That's all you see of the outside world. And as a result I felt like it was weirdly claustrophobic and eerie as a watcher. I kind of felt like I was stuck there too if that makes sense. And the entire way through I felt like we were there with Will. He's asking all the questions that I wanted to know as, a, as an audience member that doesn't happen very often in films because often you're sitting there going oh, have they just done this or is that going to happen or have they done that previously and Will asks all those questions so I felt like you really ended up bonding with him as a character and John Carroll Lynch is in the film and I love him I love everything he does I think he's a brilliant actor and he was a great added bonus who does this very strange monologue in in the middle of the piece where you're like oh dear god this is horrendous and it's brilliant because he is brilliant and I love him any film where he pops up I'm like yes brilliant I think he's an absolute joy to watch and I'm gonna say something that I normally wouldn't say because I'm I don't want to I don't want to objectify anybody but the actor playing Will or the character of Will his voice was to die for I don't know it was it was it was like velvety and smooth and really deep and anytime he spoke I was like yes I will listen to you yes I will but John Carroll Lynch and hot voices aside in terms of dislikes I would highly highly recommend that if you watch this film do a does the dog die search before you start particularly if you have a particular trigger that you know you're going to find difficult in this film because dear god dear god there are triggers galore everything just everywhere there's triggers everywhere and in case you are unaware of what does the dog die mean it's does the dog die is a website where you can search films and they will tell you whether certain triggers are in this film and at what point they are in the film so just so you can be prepared or choose not to watch it if that's if that's what you need to do equally on that same note it is very gratuitous at points like it is a violent film but it doesn't The violence doesn't seem unnecessary for the most part. You guys know I don't like unnecessary gore and violence. I can understand why it is in this film and I respect that it's in there but it is there and so there's bits of it that that are pretty that are pretty tough going to watch. And I have to say it I did not like the opening sequence of the film. I 
I think I kind of understood what the director was going for, but I didn't think it actually added anything to the piece. I'm just going to say it as they're driving along. They they hit a coyote and it's it's an unpleasant sequence. It's unpleasant and what happens next is unpleasant. I didn't particularly think it added anything. I thought maybe they were going for like some sort of foreshadowing or some sort of, I don't know, reflection of what was going on for Will. I don't know, but I I just, I didn't, I didn't like it. Didn't think it added, any, added anything. And when I first watched that sequence, the very opening of the film, I was like, oh no, oh no, no, no. I don't know. I don't like where this is going. But the rest of it, I thought was really good. So I actually think despite the opening sequence not being for me, I really do think it's a five star film. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Kept me guessing. Didn't know what was going on. Liked the ending. Liked the characters. Liked the build up. Five stars for The Invitation. Also, 2015. Because there's a 2022 The Invitation, which is about vampires. Not the same film. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Which brings us to our story this week. Now this week we are deep diving into a compendium of stories. I think there are seven stories in all and the links to where I got each story is in the description of this episode as per usual. And basically I was looking for some inspiration on what to do this week's episode on. I'm in the middle of moving as some of you may know and I wanted to do something that felt a bit easier because I'm up to my eyeballs in packing and sorting and moving and all of those things. So I came across this article and I thought oh this is good, this is good. And today we are going to be looking at stories of people's experiences with faceless entities. Now, faceless entities are something that we have discussed in the past. We've discussed why these entities don't seem to have features, like what happens? Are they human spirits that have passed on, that are hanging around, but for some reason don't have faces? Who knows? But let's let's just dive into the stories and then we can discuss First story comes from a Reddit user called Janella Jones. I've been reading this message board for a while now, and I must say that I am fascinated by all of your stories. I have one of my own to tell, and although I have passed this on to friends and some family over the years, I have never shared it with like-minded people like yourselves. Just as an FYI, I am very easily scared and do believe in spirits, paranormal activity and most other supernatural things. I almost wish I didn't. 
My now ex-boyfriend Dan, who was with me at the time, does not remotely believe in any of this stuff. Although after this encounter he was as petrified as me. I had just moved into a new area and it was quite remote. Not totally in the middle of nowhere, but lots of forests and dark country roads with no streetlights in the area. To get to Dan's house from my new house was pretty straightforward and only involved a couple of busy main roads, so not too much of a problem. But there were alternative, quicker ways to get to his using the country roads that were dark, driving past empty fields, woodland areas and had no streetlights on the road. One night I was at Dan's and we had to go back to mine for some reason. I think I was staying the night at his and had forgotten something important. Instead of taking the usual route, as it was a weekend night, we decided to go the back way through all the dark country roads. Sometimes when you do this, you find shortcuts which are easier during daylight rush hour. And as we had all the time in the world, and I wasn't driving alone, I agreed. We started off driving and chatting just like normal. But as it was dark, Dan couldn't exactly remember the way that we should be going. It wasn't too much of a problem at the time, as it wasn't like we were driving around the Himalayas, just rural Essex. In hindsight, at some point along the way, I took a left turn instead of a right, which made us venture further from the main road that led to my house, and deeper into the countryside. The roads can get quite narrow, and as we had gone the wrong way, I was forced to drive down a pitch black road with a slight hill on each side. The road was only big enough for one car, to the point where if we opened the car windows, we couldn't have held our arms out straight on either side as we would have hit the banks. This freaked me out, as I wasn't used to driving down dark, windy country roads, and I was initially scared that another car would come along and we would get stuck. Stupidly, I sped up, wanting to find my way out of the dark roads quickly. It became apparent that I was driving too fast for the bumpy roads, so initially had to slow down. And once I did, I felt a deep thud on the roof of my car, like something had landed on it. I slammed my brakes on and my boyfriend and I looked at each other, but all we heard was silence. Then we heard two loud thumps on the roof of the car, almost like someone pounding a fist on it. I looked at my boyfriend and he looked at me, all pale and wide-eyed, so I slammed the car into gear and took off down the road, seriously panicking now. I couldn't see anything in the mirrors, and up ahead was a small bridge that went over a tiny river. I sped over the bridge, and then the road veered sharply to the right. As I took this corner, the entire road was illuminated in my headlights and it was covered in blood, literally so much blood like a very big animal had been slaughtered there. There weren't any animal remains, but the amount of blood was ridiculous. I screamed, what the hell is that? And looked at my boyfriend who was looking out of his window. I looked at where he was looking and we could see a faint figure of a man running alongside the car. Safe to say I totally shit myself and took off at a very high speed. Luckily, we were only five to ten minutes from the main road and miraculously managed to find our way back. As soon as we got back to my house, I literally ran in and locked the door and swore to myself I would never drive that way again. It took Dan about 20 minutes to convince me to drive back to his the well-lit busy way, as by this point I was in a bit too much of a state to even drive. 
scariest moment of my life and to this day I don't know what it all was. The vision of the guy running was described as faint because it wasn't just a regular person. I don't really know how to describe it because although it was pitch black outside the car, the person that was running also looked like it was black. But we could still make out the shape. The face had no features. It was almost a bit shimmery at the edges, but was definitely human form, even if it wasn't human. Whatever it was also managed to keep up with my car, which was quite a feat considering I was driving it like a monster truck because I was so scared. There were no trees or anything around for a mile or two, so when we could see the guy running, he would have just been running on grass. But there was something not quite right about it. The vibe that I got was that it wasn't a person but an entity and it was all connected. Like the thing we saw running was the same thing that made the noise on the roof of my car and created the blood. Just thinking about it now sends a shiver down my spine. I didn't sleep properly for weeks after that. And even now I hate driving down relatively pedestrianised country roads alone. So we're off to a good start with this story. Oh, there's so many elements of this story that are scary. First of all totally understand country roads are scary and there's nothing worse than when you're driving down a country road and the road is only wide enough for one vehicle and you're thinking please don't meet another car because I don't want to have to reverse back up this road it's really annoying so definitely already on edge there I know we all like to think you know that we would behave in the best and most reasonable way in these situations right and that's not always the case because you've not been in that situation so you don't know how you would behave I think I would have stopped when something banged on the roof of the car if I heard a thud on the roof of the car and then two bangs on the car like someone was pounding their fist on it I think I would stop I I genuinely do because I would feel like if I'm in Essex I would feel like it's not going to be any sort of a big predator I don't know if you'd be thinking maybe it's like a big owl that has somehow landed on your car you know there's there's things that it might be and I do think that would prompt me to stop because I'd be like it might be something injured it might be something that needs my help or it might be something completely innocuous like a branch or I don't know I don't know what it could be but I think I would stop and I think only maybe a tiny part of me would be thinking about that urban legend of the hook man on the roof of the car slamming her boyfriend's head on the roof of the car do you remember that urban legend that is the first thing I thought of when I was reading this story and the two the two thumps on the roof made me go, oh, Hookman is real. She did go on to say in the comments that when she checked the roof of her car, there were some slight dents in the car, but she couldn't say that they weren't there beforehand because she wasn't in the habit of looking at the roof of, their, of her car. Totally understand that. Why would you be? So, of course, any dents or small marks could have easily been there beforehand and wouldn't prove anything anyway. It feels like this was a hugely high stress situation before we even got to the blood that was on the road. So she said that she turned a corner and the road was literally covered in blood. And she went on in the comments to say it was like somebody had rolled a beer barrel down the road and just dumped blood everywhere. And Dan, her ex-boyfriend, said that it was like splashed up into the ditch onto the flowers. He could see it in the headlights. She said that she could see the thickness of it, like the viscosity of blood, that it didn't seem to be water. I'm just not entirely sure what could cause that. She did also check her tyres 
when she got back because she thought if I've driven through this blood there will be evidence of it on my tyres because there was so much blood it would definitely still be evidenced on her tyres but no there was no evidence of any blood on her tyres or any blood marks like on her driveway where she had driven up to her driveway so I guess there's two options that they mistook something for blood that there was something all over the road and they mistook it for blood because I was thinking maybe something like oil might give that same appearance at night time but then there would be evidence of that on your tires and the other option is that it was some sort of hallucination whether whether they both hallucinated the same thing which I think is very unlikely or whether whatever this this entity was this creature was that it caused them to see this and then of course you have the entity running along beside the car which is very reminiscent of skinwalker stories just to be clear I don't think it's a skinwalker knocking around in Essex but it does remind me of skinwalker stories that we've heard before except in skinwalker stories I don't think the the skinwalkers generally have no face I love the way she says as well there was something not quite right about it you think you think you think something landed on your car thumping on your roof and then seeing blood in the middle of the road and a faceless man running alongside your car? There's something not quite right about it. Someone in the comments of this story as well wrote that, uh, oh, you know, you've experienced a pan, like a, a wood spirit, a wood elemental, and they're tricksters and like to play tricks on humans. And I just couldn't help but think of the film or the, the stage play of ghost stories where... There's the the guy in the car and the car breaks down in the woods in the middle of the night. That scared the bejesus out of me. So, you know, we're off to a good start. Uh, Loads of comparisons, absolutely no answers and I'm feeling slightly edgy. So let's get into the second story. And our second story is actually three different short entries that were from a website called phantomsandmonsters.com. Again, the link's in the description of this episode. We'll break down each of the stories because there are only three short ones. So we'll discuss them after each story. Let's get into it. This is one of the two encounters I've had with paranormal entities in my life. About four or five times I saw something that I could not even come close to explaining. When I was walking with my mother going from place to place, I would see people without faces. They looked totally normal otherwise with clothing just like you and me. The only weird thing was the fact that they had no face like fabric stretched over a soft ball would be the best description. I always dismissed them as my mind playing tricks on me, but as I grew older and became aware of what exists in our world, I realised that I had an encounter with a cryptid. What was especially strange is that no one around me even noticed these things existed. They were totally oblivious. It was like they weren't even there. Another odd thing was that I could always tell they were looking at me too, even though they had no eyes to look at me in the first place. I was always extremely scared whenever I saw one, a feeling of fear and dread always accompanied a sighting. But my mind filed it away as a figment of my imagination to avoid me becoming psychologically damaged, I think. Does anyone have any idea what the hell those things were? I'm at a loss here. So that's the first one, and, you know, I think it goes without saying that it's important to recognise that there could have been some sort of mental illness going on here. Or it genuinely could have been something to do with childhood imagination that they thought they saw that particular thing once and then continued to see it because they were so frightened of it. I think it's important not to dismiss those possibilities and to recognise that those possibilities are there. But I also think it's important that we 
discuss the other possibilities too and what was going on for this person in relation to the paranormal and look we talk about this all the time that kids seem to be more perceptive and to be able to see things and experience things and maybe that's simply what happened to this poster that they were seeing these things because they were a child and more open to seeing it and these things were like you're seeing us we know that you're seeing us so that's why they felt like they were being watched or that these entities were seeing them do you know I also think it's fascinating that they use the word cryptid to describe these encounters because I personally wouldn't file this under cryptids I would I would imagine cryptids are zoological you know they're they're an animal a creature that is bopping around on earth and that maybe has some possibility of existing in a in a very physical way on our very physical earth you know let's look at the next story my friend Dee and I were both insomniacs, so we would spend a lot of time driving around at night listening to radio shows like Art Bell. We liked to go up into the forest roads around our town, which was in British Columbia in Canada. One night we were up in the hills, probably five miles from the nearest house. We came around a blind corner and there was this old lady walking on the side of the road. She was wearing a long coat and a hood or a shawl. We both muttered something like, what the hell? Dee laughed and said, should we stop? He slowed down the car, about to ask if she was okay, lost, needed a lift, etc. But as we got close, we noticed she had no face. It looked like she had a big grey hole where her face should be. No details of features, just a grey void. We were basically speechless and just slowly rolled by her. I watched her in the rearview mirror as we turned a corner. We couldn't think of an explanation as to why somebody would be out there at 2 or 3 a.m. We both saw the same lack of facial features. Again, another story that's really short. There's no sort of build-up. There's no other context, you know, other than we were just driving around and then we saw this person with no face. These seem to happen out of absolute nowhere. You know, these last two stories and the first story before that were people who were driving or walking through a particular space at a particular time and saw these entities so it's not like they're going I was living in a house that was really haunted and there was a steady build-up of things and I saw this entity this faceless entity in the middle of the night oh no these just happen at random so it could happen to any of us at any time just keep that in mind this happened recently around 2 p.m I was on my way to pick up my kiddo from school but I got there a little early and didn't want to be the first person in the pickup line. I passed the school to kill some time and decided to check out this little park that I've always wanted to visit. It's a small historical park with a river and a 19th century gristmill. There is a paved walking trail and one bathroom, nothing fancy. I pull into the parking lot and there are only two cars there, a new white BMW sedan and an older gold Honda. I park in front of the Honda on the other side of the lot and our cars are facing the same direction. Anyways, I'm a real paranoid patty and I glance into the cars and they're both empty. So I go about my way and check out the park. I walk along the path and there is a small waterfall and then after that you get to the gristmill. Really cool building. I'd killed enough time and headed back to my car. I get about 15 feet from my car and smell an intense dead animal smell. I've had a hefty handful of paranormal experiences and instantly felt uneasy. I quickly get into my car and look into my rearview mirror to start reversing. In the rearview, 
I see inside the Honda and I instantly freak out because in the back seat I see a faceless woman with long brown dishevelled hair faceless as in hollow and all black with no features and her hair looked like it had mats with twigs I was spooked and kept my eyes on the figure as I headed out then its head turned and its gaze followed me the whole ride out. So now we have faceless creatures with rotting animal smell. It just gets better and better. And I think that with the smell of rotting flesh, rotting, decaying animal, it is a very distinct smell and it is a very strong smell. And I think that if she had gotten out of her car and the smell had been there, she would have noticed it immediately when she got out of her car, you know, I think if it was a, a an actual dead animal that was rotting, unless the wind changed, which is another possibility. So it could have been that she was, when she got out of the car, she was in the wrong direction for the scent to be travelled on the wind, maybe. But even still, we have these faceless entities, but they're not all the same. So we've had, you know, creature running alongside the car or entity running along the side of the car. We've had older woman who, you know, looks like an old woman with a shawl, a cloak, and then has no face. And now we have woman in the back of the car who is faceless, but seems to be disheveled with like twigs and matting in her hair and seems to come with this scent of decomposing animal. And again, to reiterate, the logical explanations sort of go without saying in this instance, she might have seen things, she might have looked and mistaken, she might have already, like she said, she was already a paranoid person, she was already freaked out, already feeling anxious about being the first one in the school pickup line. You know, all of these factors should be taken into consideration. However, we're here to discuss the paranormal possibilities. That's that's the juicy stuff that we want to know. And my and this might be far-fetched, right? But I'm just going to put it out there. What if she was somebody that had been murdered in those woods? If she comes with the scent of decomposing flesh and she is matted, her hair is matted, she's got twigs in her hair. Maybe she was making herself known as somebody who had been murdered previously in those woods. Just speculating. Just spitballing here. And the next story comes from a Reddit user called Similar Economics 4. My first paranormal experience was when I was about seven or eight. My brother and I decided to walk to our friend's house, which was about 100 yards down the back alley. I grew up in a small country town called Pine Grove in Pennsylvania. It is the typical small town where everyone knows everyone. We would play outside every day, especially in the summer, and our best friends lived right down the street. There is a main street that goes through the entire town which we lived off of, but there was an alley that went right past the back of our house. Me and my brother's friends lived down the alley about a football field away. My brother and I started getting closer to our friend's house and we see this man by the stop sign at the end of the alley. The stop sign is past our friend's house, about 150 yards away. He looked like what I would picture God looking like. A white man with silky white pants and a shirt. As we got closer, my heart started pounding faster and I realised that he was floating and not walking. My brother saw it too and said, he's floating and we started running. This man thing looked at us at this point. He was about 100 yards away from us and he literally had no face. Just blank, blurred face. No eyes, no nose, no nothing. 
We had reached our friend's house and they were asking why we looked so scared. We told them what had happened and the boys rode their bikes around the neighbourhood but saw nothing to fit our description. I still have to this day no idea what the heck it was, but it still makes my heart race as I am typing this. Any ideas on what it could be? I wrote to a paranormal podcast host and he said it could have been an alien. I've seen a few UFOs in that town so it could possibly be true. I'm also wondering if anyone else has seen anything close to this. Turns out lots of people have seen things close to this. I'm going to say this and this is not because of my hatred of aliens. I just don't think it's an alien. I just, I just don't think it's an alien. I understand why people would make that assumption. You know, you've got this entity that's floating. It doesn't have a face. So it's obviously sort of half human looking, but not fully human looking. I just think that if aliens were knocking around on Earth, right? If aliens are here, if they are good on them, just stay away from me. If aliens are knocking around on Earth, I think the one thing they would get right or they would at least try to get right is the face. I don't think they would leave the face blank unless they weren't finished with that one yet and they let it out by accident and somebody up in the spacecraft is getting very much chastised by their boss for letting out an unfinished alien. Also, I'd be having serious words with whoever is over the program to make aliens move like humans because famously we we don't float. We do. We do just walk around. I think these stories from kids are really compelling because kids are just, you know, these kids are just knocking about, minding their own business. They're on their way to their friend's house. They're not here like messing around with a Ouija board or playing in a haunted house. They're just going from A to B and they come across this man floating and it's interesting that he describes them as what God would look like. You know, a white man with silky white pants and a shirt, which could easily be any man really, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be a a God-like figure. But again, it demonstrates that these particular entities, these faceless entities, don't seem to stick to any particular gender or age. They can appear as male or female and they can appear as any age, which again, terrifying, could happen to any one of us at any point. And the fourth story comes from the Reddit user ProfessionalDate824. When I was 18 in 2005, my mom was giving me a ride to work. My car had gotten impounded for something stupid and I had to wait 30 days to get it back. In the meantime, my mom was giving me rides to work. On Saturdays, I worked morning shift, so I had to be at work at 5am. That means that we had to leave the house no later than 4.30. It was still dark outside, like pitch black and very cold. That morning, as my mom drove me to work, from a distance, I could see a figure getting ready to cross the road, basically jaywalk in front of us. As we got closer, I could see it was a young girl. I thought to myself, damn, we caught her doing the walk of shame. She had no shoes and a long white shirt, like as if she was wearing a man's white t-shirt. It was big on her. It looked like she had no pants on, but you could barely see that she had these short jean shorts under her large shirt. Like the kind that used to be pants, but she cut herself to make shorts. She wasn't wearing shoes. My mom started talking shit in Spanish, like, what kind of girl walks around the streets at this hour dressed like that? She was walking now in the middle of the street, super slow, to the point that my mom had to stop like 10 feet away from her because she was still in the street now blocking us. When my mom stopped, the girl came to a complete stop, but wasn't facing us. It was facing in the direction it was crossing, crossing from my right to left. As we were now close, I could see her skin was a real bluish grey. Her hair was black. It looked wet and tangled like she had just gotten out of the shower. My mom was about to honk at her when she slowly turned her head to look right at us. Her hair was covering her face. She looked like the girl from the ring. 
The part that I'll never forget was that she moved her hair out of the way and she had no face, like nothing. It was all just smooth, like Slenderman. No eyes, no mouth, no nose, it just looked smooth. My mom started to have a panic attack. I literally felt my heart drop. I now was focused on calming my mom down. The girl looked at us for like two or three seconds and then took off running. It didn't move at irregular speeds, but now it was active. I never saw anything like it in my life. To this day, my mom and I can't explain what that was. I guess I was sharing my story in the hopes that maybe someone has seen something similar. Something with no face. Before we dissect this story, I just wanted to point out a couple of things. Firstly, it is the year 2024. Beyonce is releasing country music and we no longer refer to it as the walk of shame. When I was in college, we used to refer to it as the stride of pride or the walk of fair play to you. And as another point, that men, women, non-binary folk, everyone should be allowed to wear whatever they want at whatever time of night they want, just as an aside. And with that said, this does sound like something from a horror film. It sounds like something from The Ring or The Grudge. Her hair is wet and tangled. Her skin is tinged, sort of bluish grey. And she slowly turns to look at them and she uncovers her face. Like, is that a way for her to be like, look at my face? Or is she completely unaware that her face is missing? And then the, the bit where she takes off running, that is terrifying I think that's that's honestly one of the most terrifying bits is that sudden change of pace from going walking really slowly across the road turning and looking and then take off running that's really scary I think there's always the possibility and always the the thing to keep in mind that this this may be a well-timed prank and I don't mean that to be really cynical but have you guys seen the stuff that people can do with makeup these days Like people are making all sorts of crazy special effects makeup these days. So being able to create a a featureless face, I think would probably be possible somehow. I don't quite know how you'd do it, but I'm pretty sure you would do it. So I do think that's worth bearing in mind too. Do I think all of these are jokes or pranks or what? No, I absolutely don't. But maybe some of them are. And our fifth story today comes from the Reddit user Plimp69. My freshman year of high school, I was going through a negative phase. My mom would describe me as constantly yelling at her and fighting my younger brothers all the time. She said she would pray every day, hoping I would change. She told me that she was scared that one day I would get massively out of control and that she'd have to call the police on me. This happened around summer of 2011. I just ended my freshman year of high school. It was around 1.30 in the morning. I used to sleep with the door open back then. I randomly woke up and looked at the clock. A few minutes later, I heard faint footsteps. At first, I was thinking that it was just in my head. After a few minutes, I started to look around as I usually do whenever I wake up. I heard the footsteps again, but this time they sounded like they were literally outside my room. In my peripheral vision, I noticed that I couldn't see into my brother's room. He also used to sleep with the door open and his room is across from mine as if something was standing in the doorway or blocking the entry. I got curious and turned to see what was blocking the entry and I saw a humanoid figure about seven feet tall. It was faceless, bald and had a fair skin complexion. It was dressed old fashioned. It had a cream coloured sweater with what appeared to be random paint strokes and splashes on it of many colours and black slacks. It was just standing there, as if looking at me, 
I started analysing it. It was abnormally thin and had freakishly long arms, arms way past the knee. It also had visible veins running over its faceless expression. I thought I was dreaming at first. I started blinking, shaking my head and slapping myself in the hopes that I was dreaming or hallucinating. I stopped and looked across and it was still standing there. I immediately freaked out when I found out that I was not dreaming and pulled the covers over my face. I tried yelling for help but I couldn't scream at all from the terror. Thirty minutes later I built up the courage and pulled the covers off to confront it and it was gone. I told my mom about it the next day. She said that ever since I saw that thing I started to change. I haven't seen it ever since. My youngest brother also happened to see that thing earlier this year. What do you guys think it could have possibly been? It wasn't sleep paralysis, I was able to move around. I forgot to mention when I was looking at it I kind of got up and leaned forward to take a better look at it. I'm going to be really cynical about this one and I'm not trying to be unfair or unreasonable but I wonder if this was some sort of sleep-induced hallucination or dream even though this person sort of insists that it wasn't and I understand why they insist that it wasn't. They they say that they were blinking, shaking their heads, slapping themselves in the hopes that they were dreaming or hallucinating. But the thing that makes me think that this was some some sleep situation is because they seem to be quite calm about it. I think that if I woke up and there was a seven foot tall, faceless, bald creature standing in my doorway with really long arms and a cream coloured sweater and with random pain strokes on it, and black slacks. Let me tell you I would not be sitting up to take a better look because I would be exiting through the nearest wall. And I think the, you know, I tried yelling for help and I couldn't scream at all from the terror and then 30 minutes later they built up the courage and pulled off the cover to confront it and it was gone. I don't know. It seems like an extended episode of sleep paralysis to me and I don't know if that's me being super cynical and just trying to make this kind of easier and better. And this is the point where we've got a faceless entity that really seems to defy human physical attributes so we've got this seven foot tall faceless bald almost slender man type figure with really long arms way past the knee and to me that feels like something different than the faceless entities that we've dealt with previously in this episode so the ones that we've dealt with previously seem to be at least humanoid whatever they are they seem to be human shaped human formed and just missing a face. I say just missing a face so casually, you know, just just with no facial features. Everything else fine, normal, perfect, wonderful. And it is the first story that we've had that has taken place inside the home, which makes it more disturbing and is perhaps the reason as to why I am more inclined to try and dismiss it because it's inside the home. The rest of the stories have been people happening upon somebody you know, in rather than that person actually being in their space. And our sixth story comes from the user A Jar of Pickles 97. So this is bar none the most baffling and terrifying event of my life. To this day, I still haven't the slightest clue what they were. If any of you have had an encounter with something similar, I would love to hear about it. What makes my encounter unique is that it takes place in Huntington Beach, California, one of the biggest urban centres on the planet, far, far away from any kind of forest. When I was a young boy, about seven, my mother would often take me on trips to Or Or Donnelly Financial, where she worked as a salarywoman. There would be about an hour-long car ride where I really couldn't do much of anything the entire time. 
So I would like to look outside and read the signs or comment on cool looking cars, you know the things most kids would do in the car. However, on three separate occasions I can quite vividly remember looking into the cab of another car and seeing a person that did not have a face. Some people report encounters where they could see the indentation of facial features but no eyes, ears, lips, etc. But the ones that I saw literally looked like a dome of flesh. The best description on the internet I have found is like fabric stretched over a softball. The minute I would look at all of them, they would immediately turn their head to look right back over at me. Naturally, as a young boy, I was absolutely petrified and I would dart back inside the car praying they didn't see me. However, whenever I would peek out from below the car window, they would always be looking right at me. The vibe I got from all of them was extremely unsettling. Whenever I would stare into that faceless visage, I got the sense that they were all extremely pissed off, as if they wanted to physically attack me if there wasn't two cars in the way and we weren't in the middle of the street. It was like all of them hated my guts just for being able to see them in the first place. Now, seeing as I was seven, some details were lost. But I do specifically remember that one had a business suit on, and another had a lime green shirt, and the last one may have been a woman, but I can't really remember. The fourth encounter was definitely the most vivid and scariest of them all, as this one took place when I was walking around and I didn't have a car to protect me. I was walking in the Huntington Beach Public Library. I was with my mother and this encounter took place when I was nine. They have a big park there with a trail that is a few miles long. The day was literally perfect, not a single cloud in the sky. Me and my mom were enjoying the weather and the atmosphere of the place when over the hill a young woman who was jogging came over. She had purple yoga pants and a blue tank top. She had a very athletic body and a ponytail with brown hair. As soon as I saw her, my blood ran cold. Here was one of those things I saw a few years ago running right for me and I could literally do nothing about it. She had no face. My throat closed up and I couldn't call for help or anything like that. I just had to wait for her to get to me. She kept running my way and like the others, she also locked eyes with me. I could even see her track me as she ran. In that moment, I waited for the inevitable to happen. But the vibe I got from her was very different than any of the others. She seemed rather confused, as if she was saying, Wait, how can you see me right now? She ran past me, and me and my mom continued on our walk without me mentioning a thing to her. I wish I could give you something more entertaining and say that I've been seeing these things my whole life. But that just isn't the case. After that last encounter, I never saw one ever again. Just a particularly scary set of circumstances from my childhood, I guess. What is highly unusual is my mother and literally everyone else in the park had full view of this woman and could see the fact she didn't have a face. But none of them even seemed remotely alarmed that a faceless woman was walking amongst them. What do I think they were? Honestly, I couldn't tell you, no matter how many encounters I hear about from YouTubers, I have never found out anything more about them besides what I already know. In my personal opinion, they're shapeshifter beings that blend into society and present to be human, but they're definitely not human. I would put money on the fact that you may have been around them, but would never even know it at all due to them being disguised. Plus, as a man who's into physical fitness today, you need to be in the gym for a solid amount of hours to get a good-looking body like that. 
So surely even more people besides those in the park would have seen her too. And that's the thing, right? For some of these stories, there's a definite suggestion that some of these these entities, whatever they are, these faceless beings are masquerading at the very least as normal people, run-of-the-mill human beings. And then every so often somebody comes along who's able to see them and they're like, oh shit, you can see me. You are able to tell that I'm not what I am presenting as. And I'm just going to put it out there, right? If I'm a shape-shifting entity that has the power to shape-shift, I'm not going running. And I'm not going to the gym, okay? I'm not doing those things. This also puts me in mind of, and I know I keep making um, making comparisons in this episode and I apologise, but this also puts me in mind of the bit in Constantine when Constantine looks around and he sees angels and demons in their human form. You know, you see these humans doing good things and you realise they have those big beautiful angel wings on their backs or you see people doing not so nice things and you realise that they've got the black eyes of a demon. That's what this reminds me of. That's every so often people come along who are able to see these faceless entities for what they are and then they're like, oh shit, you can see me. But like with shadow people and other entities that we discuss on this podcast, what is their purpose? What are they doing? Are you telling me that you are an entity trying to blend in with human society and the way you do that is by running? Get out. I'd rather be living in the netherworld. And our final story today, story number seven, comes from a now-deleted Reddit post. This morning I went for a drive to attend an appointment I had scheduled. It was early in the morning and I was still groggy due to the fact that mornings and I are not very good friends. Coffee did not even have a chance to do its work. The traffic was heavy as I casually noticed the people in the opposite direction going about their business. I noticed a woman in her vehicle but her facial features were heavily distorted. It was brief as she was driving by and I did not get a good look, but I could not make out eyes or any discernible mouth. I noticed eyebrows, but mostly the eyes and the mouth seemed blurry. I kind of shrugged it off and forgot about it until my mother sent me a text message this evening. My mother told me she had just lost her friend to suicide, unfortunately. She said she went for a walk, my guess is to manage her thoughts. I often do this myself when I feel overwhelmed with life. She told me her friend's burial was today. Now, I don't think her friend's passing is related to her encounter, but it is why my mother was outside in this late hour by herself. She said she came upon a large man standing by himself on the street close to her home. My mother is the caring type, but also confident in her ability to defend herself. So she called out to him and asked him how he's doing. He did not answer. My mother wondered why he would not acknowledge her, and when she got close to him, she said he had no face. There was just darkness. Needless to say, this unsettled her. She went inside her home and told her husband to see what was wrong with this person if it was a person. Since this has just happened, I have no idea if that faceless man is still standing in their street. So again, we have another like variation of the story. You've got... This person who's driving along and sees a woman with a heavily distorted face, then they get bad news from their mother and their mother experiences a person with no face. I will also say, I'm trying to be very sceptical today. I'm trying to be balanced and give sceptical and paranormal suggestions for each story. Sometimes when people get migraine auras, they might not necessarily get the headache to go with it, but they might just get the aura. 
and a migraine aura can cause all sorts of things like visual distortion, numbness. It can cause you to lose the ability to speak. It can sometimes mimic the um, symptoms of a stroke, for example. So it can be a very scary thing. But one of the things that can happen is that people's faces can become distorted where you just don't recognize people's faces or they look strange or they they look like they have been distorted in some way so that is not necessarily the reason for this person seeing this woman's face like that but they did say it was early morning they were groggy and caffeine didn't have the chance to do its work yet so when I when I read that bit of the story about her facial features being heavily distorted I did wonder "Mm, is is that what was going on there Because they didn't say that it was a lack of face completely. A lack of face. What a a phrase. They didn't say that it was a lack of facial features completely. Rather that they were more so distorted. I mean it is very strange that their mother went on then to have that particular incident. And there also seems to be interesting disparities about the facelessness within these stories. So some people say it's like fabric stretched over a softball. Some people say it's just like a round dome. Other people say it's just like flesh coloured but you can see the indentations where the features are meant to be whereas other people say like this person's mother that it's just darkness that instead of a face there is just a dark shadow so are these different things or are they all the same genus of things just with slightly different presentations and to be honest after doing this episode I I don't think I have anything to offer about what these things might be There was some suggestion in some paranormal blogs that I read that was like suggesting that these entities were spirits who didn't have an identity. They don't know who they are and all actual memory of who they are and where they come from is completely erased. And it was described as a form of spiritual amnesia. And that came from a blog called theparanormalguide.com where they, they went on to say that some people have suggested that this is some sort of punishment And I do understand that that's a very human explanation. Not having an identity or not having any memory of your own identity seems like the ultimate punishment, right? But I don't know if that fully explains it because it feels to me like sometimes these entities, whatever they are, are shocked that people can see them. And it seems that there's different versions of these entities. And fundamentally, I don't know what these things are and I'm not sure that I want to know. But if you have any suggestions, please let me know. I'd love to hear them. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and thank you so much for understanding that a compendium is sometimes easier to put together when when life is a little bit upside down and inside out and back to front. There is a possibility that next week might be a compendium of stories as well. So as I'm recording this, it is currently Thursday. It is Thursday and and between now and next week, I will be physically moving house. So moving all my stuff from one house to another And I will also be waiting for things like the internet to get set up and all those things that might take a bit of time. So a compendium is generally an easier option when everything's in a bit of a state of flux. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have a spooky story that you would like to send in, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.